Hello, and welcome to Room Escape Divas, your podcast on everything escape rooms. Today, we have a wonderful episode about online escape rooms with Brett Keener. Woo! <laughs> My name is Errol. I'm Amanda. And we have Brett. Hi, Brett. Hi, how's it going? It's going great. This is like this is like your third time on our podcast, isn't it? Uh, second. Yeah, uh, I was going to say second. You yeah. had one time when uh, Risa was on and you guys yeah. talked about me a lot. Yeah. Which was so. very nice. she, said, she said very nice things about me, but actually you did too. Not sure why, but anyway, it was very nice. Oh, I know why. I think we wanted you to have you on to talk about your, wasn't it to talk about your course? And we haven't had a chance to have you on for that, right? For the high, the high school class you No, taught. that's what we brought. No, the, he was on for We that. talked about the first one that I ran, but not yeah. the... Uh, I ran it a second time, and it ended abruptly uh, due to oh, the right, current right. Uh, state of things, um, which is too bad, because the students had some really great ideas uh, and some puzzles they had designed. We we're just getting into implementing them. So, um, yeah, it's too bad that we stopped when we did. But uh, And also the theme of the escape room that they were working on this semester was... Um, Totoro. Uh, uh, no, it was a virus infection. So that was oh, a little on the They planned it out months before things started, but uh, yeah. So it was their fault. Understood. Huh? Well, that that's a great segue because we could have asked a number of people, but I know that you are a person that is the master of lists. Well, I don't know if you are, but you know, you do have a list. And you're, you're like, you're like, um, Totally downplaying him all the way. Like, we could have asked so many people. But <laughs> you're the master. Maybe. But you're the one we could get. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because he has a master list. And I was thinking to myself, oh, I want to ask this person and this person. And then I thought, oh, we'll ask the guy with the master list. Because there are a number of lists out there about escape online escape rooms. Yes. That you can play online. And... It was great because Egner also brought up that he wanted a better taxonomy. Is that I pronounced that correctly? Because, you know, there's they all have different ways of describing these escape rooms. This is an escape room, but it's really an escape room board game. Or it's really, right. I'm just clicking buttons on the screen. Or, you know, and, and so he came up with a, a taxonomy. And I think Brett also had comments on it as well about how best to describe the different escape room offerings that are out there. Because a lot of people, if you go on the Facebook enthusiast group, oh my goodness, every other person, oh what boy. can I play? And it's like, and that's why there are so many lists out there. But now there are a number of lists. And getting back to the point, Brett has put them all together into a master list to rule them all. So I, I'm, and I don't even know where this list is. I know it's on Google Docs. Have we made it public anywhere? Before we go any further, yeah. Uh, in case this is somebody's first Room Escape Divas episode, uh, oh, do you want you a little refresher? On the wrong Brett? episode, yeah. or the right one, <laughs> or the right one. Yeah, uh, Brett, do you want a little as a little refresher? Do you want to do a quick introduction of yourself and who you are in the industry and uh, what you do? Sure. Um, yeah, I've done a bunch of different things. Uh, I worked for a company designing uh, escape rooms for a while, full time. Did the tech and the uh, you know, the puzzle design, things like that. Uh, I also um, have helped out doing remote designs of some things. I helped uh, Risa Puno with her Privilege of Escape project, serving as a, like a sounding board and kind of, you know, 
puzzle editor on some things and doing the tech for that um, and taught a couple classes on escape room design. And I'm also an enthusiast of escape rooms. So I play as many as I can wherever I can. Neat. And he's also the puzzle guy. The puzzle the, guy. That's true. I do I do have a lot of puzzles. I'm working on one that's uh, a koala right now that I'm trying to take apart. I've got the ears off, but the rest of it hasn't come apart yet. So Brett Keener has a lot of, just seems to have a lot of mechanical puzzles on his body. So it must be crazy when you go to an airport. They just keep finding things all over your body. I, I make sure to remove them uh, from my pockets and stuff. They're not actually attached to my body. There's no piercings involved or anything like that. But uh, yes, I do t- tend to have them in my pockets at all times. <laughs> oh, wow. And And so the... What we decided to do is talk about this, because as I said before, there are a lot of people that are looking for online escape rooms, and there are... Actually, how many how many lists do you have on your master list now? And getting back to where, where even can we find those lists? Maybe I should just make a link for you again. That's what I should do. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, I just put this together because some people were talking about it. The the numbers seem to be getting uh you know getting up there. I was losing track of what the lists were. So there's there's um like more than a dozen lists right now. And so I just made a meta list of all the lists. The lists overlap a fair <laughs> amount, but rather than starting my own new one, like you know I don't want to create a new standard or anything. I just um started collecting the lists, and some of the lists are like you know games playable in German or Spanish, and some of the lists are just whatever people have thrown together. So uh, I figured it was a good idea to have a central reference point for all those. Although it doesn't do a whole lot of good if nobody knows about it. So if you guys post a link to that, that would be handy. Anyway, so we were discussing about the different types of escape rooms out there, online escape rooms out there that you can expect. And so, as I said before, Egner talked about this taxonomy, and I wonder if you can help us, you know, what... What are all the different types of escape rooms have we settled on? Sure. Um, yeah, uh, Dan Agnar came up with this, and you know, there's a little discussion on the Slack about it, but uh, basically it's the same as, as what he started off with. And there's, let's see, I guess seven different types uh, as a rough number. Um, we have the, seven already. Yeah, so there's in-person escape room, so that's the one that we're used to, where you go and you play in person with your friends usually, and you know it's a physical room. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a live remote escape room, and this is one where um, they didn't really exist very much, um, except for U Escape sort of fell into that category uh, that uh, Nick in uh, Greece runs, um, where he has a tabletop sort of set up for the escape rooms, but they're physical props, and then there's some digital online games, uh, puzzles that you have to solve as well that he gives you links to, and over Hangouts, you tell him what to do with the props, and you work with your teammates who might be anywhere in the world. I played with people. One game I played was uh, someone was in Portland, we were in New Jersey, and someone else was in New Zealand. So we were across um, multiple time zones in at least two different days, I think, we were playing in. So... uh, Mm -hmm. Um, it uh, anyway. So that that's uh, live remote. The newest ones are the ones that uh, you know you have a GM in a physical room that used to be for a live game, and right now they can't run those. So they strap a GoPro to somebody or a, hold a you know, phone or whatever, and then you remotely tell them what to do and say, "Hey, go look under there," or "Hey, go solve that jigsaw puzzle." And you know, so some some of the th- things work better than others for remote, but in general, they've been pretty fun. The next one is a live simulated escape room, uh, where if you're familiar with Escape This Podcast, that's sort of what that category is. Uh, So you 
there's no physical props. There's no you know uh, actual escape room. However, somebody's written down the description of it and what all the puzzles are and everything, and then they walk you through it. They're sort of like a GM, um, uh, you know, dungeon master or whatever game master. Then uh, there's um, escape room video games. So um, there's a couple different styles of that. There's like VR escape rooms. There's a game called TikTok, which I really enjoyed, which is a two-player mm-hmm. game. You each have half of the story and half of the puzzles on your device, and it's not actually using any kind of connection between the devices. You just have to tell the other person what you're seeing. Your information feeds into their puzzles. Their information feeds into your puzzles. And so you can you can play that. Then there's you know just standard point-and-clicky games. I mean, the very first escape rooms were essentially Flash video games. So... Um, that sort of, you know, a whole spectrum of those sort of things. Um, there's escape room tabletop games like the mail order ones or the, um, unlock or exit or, uh, you know, escape room in a box games or the think fun, um, escape the escape the room games. Mm-hmm. There's online puzzle hunts, which are less about a particular story. They're less about physicality, the more about puzzles. Sometimes there's, you know, usually the good ones have theming and puzzles that carry all throughout. One of them has a novel. That's true. There's there's this uh, weird guy named Errol who wrote uh, wrote a weird novel that had puzzles embedded in plug. it. Uh, yeah. The, uh, I will admit that um, the uh, I did not make it all the way through the puzzles. However, I enjoyed the story. So, you know, it's you a go. success on multiple levels potentially there. Huzzah! So, um, and then the last one is a puzzle book, um, which is uh, just puzzles in a book that are sequential, like Journal 29 or things like that. Um, there's also um, somewhere in between some of these, there's things like uh, Eric Berlin's uh, Winston Breen books, which are aimed at middle schoolers, but still work well for adults. Those have a main character who loves puzzles. He loves constructing puzzles, which is particularly interesting because as you read the stories, they're enjoyable. He's solving puzzles. He's having adventures with his friends. But you also uh, you learn how he thinks about constructing puzzles. And that's one of the few books I've seen that does that. So you can go through these books and actually learn about how to make uh, good puzzles. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. Well, I should I read, read those. those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I recommend them. Yeah, teach the children how to make proper puzzles. Future escape room owner, developer, designers. Another reason that we asked you, Brad, is because I think you've played almost all the games on your list. <laughs> I've, like, you played a number of them. Yeah, I've played some of almost every type. Um, there's a lot of them out there, and there's more every day. I mean, that's one of the reasons I wanted the meta list, because there's some people who have like a database that you can submit to, and you can add things onto it. So yeah, I wanted to keep track, and I want to you know play the play the good ones, and I'll you know play any of them. But um, hopefully, we can start sharing information and figure out what things work. You know, as a designer, I've got ideas about what would be good to add to these games, what is working, what doesn't work, what types of puzzles work, how you could adapt a physical game to a more online game style. So. I want to give feedback to all the designers out there as much as I can and say, hey, you know, if you change it like this, maybe that would work better. Or I really enjoyed this part, but, you know, when we had four players, only one person got to enjoy that part. Is there a way you can make things more in parallel, add digital puzzles, that sort of stuff? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully, uh, you know, hoping that everybody will go through and try all these different things and then eventually, just like with, you know, in person escape rooms will converge on some best practices or like things that just work well. 
and then we can have you know great experiences online as well as uh, in person. It's true because you know back in the day when we had escape rooms and you could go to them. Back in the day, <laughs> back in the day. Was a two month months ago. ago. <laughs> Back in the day, two months ago, some escape room owners could just rely on how pretty the room is. And now you can't do that. Now you actually have to rely on how well you've made your game. And and, and that can be hard because, you know, making a good game is not the easiest thing on the planet. And so what were you going to say, Man Pants? I I have questions, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. What are your questions? I, well, I'm, I'm curious about the the remote escape room, like for, for owners who decided to make their rooms available for a remote play and kind of adapted their rooms there. And I haven't played any yet. I want to play some. Um, but I was wondering what some of the limitations were to that. Uh, because as Errol was saying, like, you know, it's... Um, I'm wondering if they have almost a more controlled camera so that they have to make sure that when the door opens, they're pointing at it so the players can see it. Um, I'm wondering if it's more almost like a video game where it's kind of treated like a cinematic. But mostly, I'm just wondering what your experience with them has been so far. So this is the this is the one type, which is just a slap a camera on a GM yeah. and play a physical escape room. What was that tape called again? Was there a... Live remote escape room. Live that, remote escape yeah. rooms. I should have these all written out. Yes. So you want to know how well does live remote escape rooms translate? Yeah, I mean, and like innovation can come from limitations, right? Um, but since this has just started, I'm wondering if like if you're starting to see what possibilities there could be for these types of escapes. Yeah. So uh, I've played uh, two different ones of those that are uh, both in... Um, you know, out there right now that people can sign up for and play. One was uh, Rock Avs, uh, Ready Mayor One, M A Y O R One, um, and that I think was the first one that was out and bookable. And I played a you know release version of. I'm not sure which exactly you'd call it. Uh, and I also played um, Escape Dot Anywhere, which is one uh, that I played in a kind of a beta test of that. Um, and they both have some similarities and both have some other things they were experimenting with. So uh, Rockav uh, had, right, you had a character that you met at the beginning, the mayor of the town, and you were you know, remotely connected to him and you were going into the room and uh, helping him you know, investigate some things in the town, things like that. So in theory, he was a character you were talking to, but you were also telling him more or less what to do. You know, he wasn't doing a whole lot on his own. He was waiting for you to prompt him to, to do things. That worked pretty well. Um, searching, things like that, obviously that's a little harder. You have to say, oh, wait, look under that thing in the corner, or what was that that flashed by there, or is that glowing or not? We can't quite tell. You know, it's a little challenging. Also, with any of the strap-on-a-cameras, one of the issues is... Uh, you know, motion sickness <laughs> you have to <laughs> you know, the point of view swings around a lot so um it depends on uh you know your tolerance for that and also maybe making the window smaller helps rather than making a full screen window um that one had an interesting uh characteristic to it which is that they had taken pretty high res pictures of key items in the rooms most of the things that you could find and as you found them, he would give you a code that you could type in, and then in your browser, um, 
that would uh, pop up a high-res picture of it. And you could manage your inventory by typing the code again. It would toggle it on and off. So you could keep track of what you'd used, what you hadn't used, and you could see a good view of the thing and work on puzzles that way rather than saying, oh, hold the camera still, and I can't quite read what that says. This, this kind of eliminated that problem. So that was a good uh, system. They also had uh, an overhead camera that you could remotely control. You could connect on another device and view it. Wow. The, the issue with that was it turned out not to be terribly useful. Um, oh. It was cool. You could see sort of stuff, but it didn't really work great. Same thing, uh, just from a gameplay point of view. Same thing with the uh, Escape Anywhere folks. They were doing something similar. Um, in their case, they had... A GM in the room, and he wasn't especially a character, but he was, you know, your your puppet. But he had a, a fun personality, and you could interact with him and chat with him, and um, you know, he'd run across the room or you know, stick his head underneath something to look for you or whatever. So that was uh, enjoyable, even though it wasn't sort of um, as uh, much of a narrative. It was just, you know, okay, I'm controlling this guy to explore the room in my in my stead. So uh, they they were both pretty similar in those regards, though, and they both used existing rooms that had been repurposed for this. Uh, there were, of course, issues potentially with you know connection quality and things like that. Um, as people sort things out, they got to figure out where their weak Wi-Fi spots are, things like that. Uh, but mostly, I think in in the you know when when people start going to production on these or start actually allowing real booking where people are paying for them, they've got those things sorted out, and uh, yeah, worked worked pretty well. It's pretty satisfying. One downside to any of these repurposed rooms, though, is that you only have a single person with a single viewpoint. So we had, I think, in both the games I played, we had four people playing, um, and. One thing that uh, my wife mentioned is that the people who talk sooner, uh, the people who, <laughs> who think less before talking, are the ones who um, sort of take control over things, and that's that can be that'd frustrating. Be me, yeah, that, that's that's me, right? I I don't want to think; I just want to do stuff. Uh, I'm always you know going to fiddle with the buttons or whatever. But if you actually want to think through a puzzle before you solve it, then you're sort of penalized for that, and also you can't really multitask on the puzzles mm -hmm. you know the puzzles are you're looking at one you're telling a guy to manipulate one you can't really be working on one on the other side of the room at the same time right. so that's where i think that there's some opportunity to say you know what let's mix digital puzzles in with that like you escape does where you you know you find something in the room you discover uh you know link to something or you press a button and it reveals, you know, the website you're going to go to or, or, you know, however you want to actually make it fit the storyline of the game and make it not completely escape room logic, then some of your players can go and explore that website and work on solving the puzzles there, which give you information that feed back into solutions in the physical room while other people continue to explore the physical room. So I think there's a lot of chances for parallelism there. And maybe some people have already figured this out. I mean, it's not exactly, you know, a genius idea it's just you know kind of the natural thing that you'd expect from this so it'd be interesting to see how that how that goes or maybe it is a genius idea and i'm just lifting uh you escapes genius but either way <laughs> the idea is out there so i'd like to see other people using it well it'd be interesting now that we have zoom and you can connect multiple cameras to it you know i would think to myself you know it'd be really fun to do that um i would just get all the cameras like for my kids phones 
and then hooking it up around my kitchen or something and have multiple views of my kitchen. And then what they can do is that they can control me while I'll solve things while they watch it or, you know, whatever or something like that. I remember a game back in the day. This is really back in the day with the Commodore 64. And I just can't remember what it was called. Maybe you remember, Brett. Have you ever played the Commodore 64? Uh, I had an Atari 800, so oh, okay. arch, arch enemies oh. with you. But other than that, oh no, no, know. no! I had an Atari 800 too. Oh my goodness! You know, it's really this is solely off topic. But I remember <laughs> when I got Pitfall 2 for the Atari 800, and it was completely different than Pitfall 2. Well, not completely different. It was different than Pitfall 2 for the, the Commodore because there was a whole second level for the. For the Atari 800. So you had two systems <laughs> with the same game? You had yeah. two copies of the same well, game? No, no, because different... the Atari 800 was a completely different system. It's like having it for the PS2, PS4, and then one oh, for I know, the Oh, I know, I know. I'm just saying, did you own both systems and then own two copies well, of the game? Well, you don't technically own games when you... <laughs> Although I did own Pitfall 2, that one I did. <laughs> I think I may have had a somewhat pirated copy of Pitfall 2 for the somewhat. Commodore. Yes, I, still, I still have a large box of Atari 800 <laughs> software um, with like four original discs and you know 200 copies of discs in my basement. <laughs> um, yeah, did you have Mule? That was the other one which uh, oh, played nice more or less the too. same as a four-player planetary colonization game. The thing that bothered me about the difference between the Commodore 64 and Atari 800 there was the uh, soundtrack for it, the, the music for it was very catchy, but it was slightly differently tuned on the C64 versus the oh, Atari. Really? And so that was painful to listen to one if you're used to the other. <laughs> anyway, sorry, getting back to the Commodore. I'm oh, sorry, did the oh, game. It was like, uh, it was an interesting game because you actually were looking at security cameras. You were like the, the person in the chair and you would watch all these security cameras. There's an, in the there's game. a recent game like that. Yeah, too. yeah. You could totally do that, Love that now. Kind of style with just game. real people escape room kind of things. You could. I was thinking it'd be kind of fun. Is that you are a game master of an escape room with all these security cameras, and you have to help the inept people trying to do your escape room. <laughs> Stop them from getting tearing things off. Oh God, that'd be no, difficult. no, no, no. But that you know they can't solve any puzzles. But you don't know the puzzles because you lost the the sheet, and so you have to solve them with them. <laughs> I think it's fun when, uh, like, with a security camera thing, like I, the game I was playing. You know, you could you got a phone number, so you could call somebody that you're technically surveilling and you'd see the phone in on their end ring and I'm coming to and it was it was exciting because it was like instant feedback and stuff I'm like I think that'd be cool to implement in a game anyway no that'd be really cool although yeah. now I'm thinking about it it's like what were we talking about oh yeah zoom cameras multiple cameras we were actually talking about so yes getting back to our topic about what do you think people are probably uh, you kind of mentioned what people are doing wrong with the genre not really wrong but you know they're falling back on on the difficulties of the tech that you can't really rely on because as you said because of things like uh, you you can't do puzzles in parallel it's really hard to do searching different things like that so do you have any advice that you might want to give to anybody that wants to try to bring an escape room a physical one apart from the one you just like you because you mentioned doing the digital thing yeah as well right i think that as long as you only have one person in the room you know which is all you can have right now 
um, you're going to have difficulty, even with multiple cameras, you're going to have difficulty letting people really work on things separately unless there's that digital component to it or some other way of presenting information that you know, even if you say, oh, I found a folder and there's puzzles in the folder, if all you have is that one camera or I guess you could put it under a document camera or you could you know, email it or text it to somebody if you wanted it to be some kind of multi, uh, uh, you know, multi-platform, multi-whatever um, experience... Um, it's still going to have the limitation of just what the inputs and outputs are. And, you know, if you're only telling one person what to do, then they can only do one thing at a time, usually. So um, I think that's the sort of bottleneck that people are going to have to struggle with and figure out ways to give other people fun experiences. Because when I'm playing one of these rooms, I'm really looking for playing with my friends. I'm not trying to, you know, I can play games by myself online or in VR or whatever. So I want a game that I can play with friends and we're all collaborating. So I do want that kind of multi-track parallelism. I like the, uh, you know, in, in a room when you have things that fan out and you can all go work on your own thing and then you pull back together and you have some kind of bottleneck because that's where something big is going to happen. The next room is going to open up or something like that. So you want to look for that same kind of flow experience, but that's trickier when they can't physically fan out. Um, and I think that that's going to evolve, you know, as people experiment with this. Some. Yeah, that's a question. Like, do you think, I don't know, do you think like after all this is said and done, as they evolve their rooms, depending on how long this goes on for, um, do you think this would be something that would continue as an option in the future? Like once everything, you know, once the lockdowns are done and escape rooms can start admitting people again. Do you think that online only or a live remote experience is still going to be going on? Uh, I think that it's going to be difficult for a lot of rooms to sustain that right now they're doing it because it makes some money versus no money. But if you have a room that's not explicitly designed for this, it's just as much work to reset. I was talking with one owner about this, that it's, it, you know, takes actually more of their work to run because they have to be in the room the whole time. They can't, you know, be doing some other task while they're, you know, GMing or something. They have to actually be in the room and interacting the whole time. So it seems like, and you can't charge as much, or at least most rooms don't, don't feel like they can charge as much. Certainly I'm less interested and less likely to pay $30 a person for a room that I'm doing remotely from home with, with two or three friends versus if I'm going in person there, I feel like I'm getting more out of it. Um, so, but I do think there's room in the world for this. I think there's, you know, a lot of things you could do. You could do it, um, you know, kind of transmedia stuff where you, you know, have some kind of arg going on. And, and then part of it is you go and you, like you said, you like are connecting to surveillance cameras and you see actors that are responding to you live in the room and you're helping navigate them through, you know, and you're the hacker on the outside going through and, you know, turning off the security cameras or the laser beams or whatever for them to help that person get through. I think there's ways to fit that into kind of movie tropes that people are familiar with and might be fun. But I think that's got to be part of the overall experience and there has to be a little bit more to it to make it worth paying a substantial amount of money for. Um, I think right now it's a very good alternative to playing no escape rooms at all. <laughs> But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure. In a lot of these places, I think, uh, you know, you're not going to want to pay rent on a full space yeah. if all you're making is, you know, 40 bucks a game instead of, you know, 30 bucks a person for five players or something. Right. 
And we're so. also enthusiasts, so we all know other people from around the world, and we we might want to play with them. That's why yeah. U Escape is great, because you know that's a chance for us to all play a game in Greece. But we're still enthusiasts. I think the mainstream still just want to get together and have fun. Yeah, and that's the other the other thing that you can do with this. That you know, there's games that. Um are in other countries that I probably won't get to play in person. And I try to travel as much as I can, but still there's games everywhere. And so, you know, it might be fun to see what uh, one of these games looks like in another country. And I maybe could do that remotely, but it would be a very different experience. You know, some of the mega games that are, you know, 200 minutes long in Greece and things like that. I somehow doubt that experience could be conveyed very well uh, via a camera and, you know, a remote player i think a lot of it is about being there and in the space and having the feel of it or some of the games that um is are in escape Arium up in montreal you know they're just phenomenal physical experiences and so you know you, you lose that and that's one of and some people that's kind of almost all they go for uh in escape rooms they don't really care as much about puzzles they want more of a story and more of the you know, kind of adventure experience. Other people go for puzzles, but still, you know, something like Escaparium or 13th Gate or something like that, you're never going to get that same kind of experience remote. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And so, and that's one reason why I didn't really want to, one thing I did tell people is that I, I in our own local Ontario group, I said, hey, are there any companies out there that are doing any online escape rooms, I'd like to like to do them. And I won't be a diva about it. <laughs> because, uh, because, you know, I know they're all just putting things together. But it's also a completely, it's a completely different medium. And we can't, and we can't judge these, these escape room games like we can judge a real life escape room game. So, you know, if you're going in and saying, oh, I don't know, it doesn't look as nice. Well, you know, it's still on a camera. So it's it's not the same. So I do hesitate myself just to even rank or even talk about whether a game is good or not. But at the same time, you know, there, there, there are more and more of them. What's the next type in line now that we have live remote? Now we have live... Uh, What's the other one? That's GM. Live, live simulated. Is live it's simulated the next one? The next one? Yes, yeah. live simulated. So, and that's like Escape This Podcast. Right, right. Actually, one thing I was going to mention is that, uh, as I'm sure you know, Room Escape Artist has started doing their rankings of, or not rankings, but you know, getting a bunch of people to go and play these games. There's so many, they, they can't do it. They also want multiple people's input. So they're collaborating on their hive mind uh, oh. project to get feedback and what they're doing there is simplifying it just like hey would you you know play this um you know anytime even once you can go play real rooms would you play it now because it's what you can get or would you like eh, wouldn't really want to play this again um so they're soliciting feedback from people on that they've already posted i think um some of those and by the time this comes out i'm sure they'll have more so that's an interesting uh, approach on that as well to see you know, get get more stuff out faster so that people who are desperate for playing some of these things, you know, get feedback right now on what to play and what not to play and what might suit their tastes and what might not. So, as usual, yeah. they're they're doing interesting things and trying to help the, the community figure things out. So, mm-hmm. I have one booked on Thursday, and then I have two that I've bought what? that are sitting. What? Yeah. <laughs> you booked some? Yeah, with my family. Oh. Yeah. 
<laughs> you can book some with your family because it's remote. That's true. You can play. You can play with people anywhere. Yeah. The when I play she's remote games, is not a face that says she wants to book with her family. Yeah. <laughs> they they would not enjoy it. Okay. Well, just Sorry. message me if you want to play a game. I always look to play with uh, friends that I don't get together with in real life um, oh. because they're like across the country, friends from college, or you know whatever. Um, so or new friends that I met on the Slack. So that's always a good excuse to play. Uh, you know, a escape game. I've. Almost every U.S.Cape game I've played, I've played with a different group of people just because it's fun to, to mix it up and, and try different things. So, um, so yeah, the next one is the type like Escape This Podcast, and uh, I've listened to a bunch of Escape This Podcast, and uh, I've never played one, however. I did play, somebody ran uh, a version of one on the Slack where we were typing and back and forth, and that was well, fun too. Well, you've never played one? Oh, we should run one for you. Yeah, that'd be fun. Sure. Anytime. So, uh, yeah, I played one. I ran one for my coworkers. Uh, it was my fifth year anniversary at work, and they wanted me to plan something. So, uh, so that's what I came up with. And um, you know, in the remote world and stuff, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of their first time playing anything escape room related at all. And I think they really enjoyed it. And it was they're well written notes. They they do well with like laying everything out, you know, uh, putting in the flow of the game, like what the natural flow is, so you'll know when to give hints or clues, uh, descriptions of everything, descriptions of when people interact. It's also fun just to kind of improv and go along with whatever somebody has decided to do, because obviously some people will be, you know, funny jerks about what about what they can and can't interact with in the room. Errol. What? Yeah, so we, we did one. We did a live one, and uh, and then um, Errol just wanted to f- like get fingerprints from everything in the room, despite having because I am a detective. Yeah, yeah. So so it was fun. It was a lot. It, they're they're a lot of fun to do. Yeah, I listened to one of the early episodes where you guys were playing, uh, and <laughs> yes, Errol proceeded to collect all the bells or ring all the bells and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. So those I think. Um, you know, are a very different style, and they're much more about the story you're building and things like that, and and less about the puzzles themselves. Um, and you have to have a good game master to really keep that on track and to make it a fun experience. You know, if you're not kind of fluid with that, I think that could I, fall apart. I found it really helpful. Um, to listen, like whatever one I picked to run, I listened to the Escape This Podcast episode first and read along while I was listening just so I could get a sense for how it went because, uh, no, I couldn't go into it cold, I don't think. Yeah, that's one thing I think they they really do well is that they um, you know, manage to make it a compelling, even if you're not playing, it's, it's interesting to listen to. So that's... That's a, a nice trick, because I think it could, in different hands, could be kind of terrible. But uh, it's actually enjoyable to listen to their podcast because they're funny and the you know, story they end up putting together is is entertaining. So next style, uh, yeah, yeah, escape room style video game. So you know that there's millions of um, yeah tons. Yeah. Do you have a favorite, Brett? So um, TikTok is definitely one of my one of my favorites. Um, yes, that they're, just they're, it was pretty ingenious how they did that. I yeah. was very impressed. very clever. Yes, yeah. 
it's one of the things which in retrospect i'm like oh yeah that could work but i would never have thought of doing it that way in a million years i would have done some complicated tech solution involving you know synchronizing <laughs> across the two platforms and everything no you can just synchronize it by hey you can't progress past point b unless you have information you know number one from the other one and vice versa and you just communicate that information back and forth and that makes you have to kind of go with a particular flow nobody can race ahead um the story naturally gets told so yeah i think that's a that was very effective also the typography the the way they did the effects oh with yeah typography oh, yeah. was so nifty in that game that was cool yeah it was yeah. so if if people who are listening didn't catch on to what TikTok, and because the the thing that we need to emphasize is there's no connection in the computer between the two. There's no LAN connection. There's no internet. It's just two people on completely different isolated computers, and you yeah. cannot advance until uh, the other person advances. Like oh, I can't go any past. So what? what do you have in your screen? And then they'll tell you an answer and then you can type in and then you can advance or, or whatever. And so it's pretty neat how that worked. I did something like it. I think you posted it, Brett, in the Slack and I ended up playing it with my friend and now I can't remember the name of it. Enchambered? No, darn it. That's not the one? It was just like a quick... It was on an escape room site, and they they did something similar, but it was just a quick little thing. Same kind of idea, though, is that you are like you can either play one player one or player two, and you're shown a screen, and the screen that player two has is entirely different, and you have to tell each other what's going on. So I did that one with my friend. That was a lot of fun. Okay, yeah, there is one that's a multiplayer game. Um, I think the site is in Chambered Alone Together. That's the name of the game. It's Enchambered uh, is the company that made it. Oh, yeah, that's the one I did. Game. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's the one I did. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't played that one yet, but that's on my list to, to try, I think, because you and several other people played it and recommended it. So, yeah, I definitely want to yeah, give it a shot. It's pretty quick. Oh, quick? Well. How okay. quick is quick? Like 20 okay. to 25 minutes. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So a snack. Maybe, yeah, it's like, like Think Fun's games. They're about 25 minutes. Well... <laughs> <laughs> For enthusiasts, yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, the next one of those uh, will be coming out, I think, by the end of this year. Well, who knows right now, but um, uh, or maybe it's 2021 now. Anyway, uh, it's going to be substantially longer and more difficult. Um, and also going to have some very interesting things. I talked to the, uh, the guy who's working on it, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. So that should be should be fun whenever it does manage to come out it takes a while and the current situation not helping things so. yeah i know my friends are working on that scooby-doo escape room game that'll be interesting i should interview them too yeah you should <laughs> great <laughs> idea Errol. on the on the fb enthusiast group they yeah. have a, yeah. yeah so um Related to that, like escape room style video game, I was beta testing uh, one that was somewhere between that and a puzzle hunt um, that uh, I think it's out now at Trapped, um, T-R-A-P-T, in uh, Connecticut. Um, so they have real-life rooms you can go play, but obviously you're not doing that right now. So um, they came up with a puzzle-based... It, it's kind of somewhere in between. It's got a storyline, and you're you know going and exploring some things in the world that's been created. 
um, but like things you'd be doing on a computer. So there, it's natural. The interface is on the computer. There's security cameras and other things you can look at, but oh, they're you know, static views of things, but you're, there's Ooh. some searching that way in a way that makes sense. Uh, anyway, so I, I beta tested that, and um, I think that's out now. So that's uh, that was fun as well. And on the easier side, I think, in, in most cases, um, which is good, I think there's a much smaller audience for really hardcore puzzle hunt puzzles online. Yes. There's, you no, know, very true. You beta uh, tested everything. It sounds like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm interested and I like giving feedback and I like helping, yeah. you know, people come up with good things. Cause then there's more good things out there. Uh, so yeah. And then of course with the video games, there's a million types of, uh, video games. Um, have you guys looked at the, uh, the room games? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Essentially like puzzle box games. So they now have their VR version of that, which just came out uh, earlier this month. Really, real good timing on that one. Um, <laughs> and I'm partway through that, and it's phenomenal. As somebody who likes mechanical puzzles, it's always been a little frustrating that in the room games, you're interacting with these beautiful puzzle boxes that do fantastic things, but you're doing it by, you know, kind of tapping on a flat touch screen, and maybe you can change your viewpoint a little bit. In the VR version, you can walk around them. You can stick your face right up to it and see the you know gorgeous inlay oh, work or wow. the steam coming out of it or whatever. Uh, uh, and it's it's really uh, a pretty nifty nifty game. Definitely one of the most escape room feeling games. Even though it's not sold that way, it is feels very much like solving a bunch of really good mechanical puzzles in an escape room. You know, there's no um, you know Sudoku or other stuff showing up there. The puzzles are all arise from the environment and manipulating the environment and things like that. You're, you know, maybe you shrink yourself down and you can manipulate the you know locking mechanism of something from the inside before you go back out and then open it up or things like that. So it's pretty neat. Yeah, I think I think with the room series. Oh, and I God, I want to buy a VR set just for that if they weren't stupid expensive, but. Um, but I think the thing that the Room series really does well is to take advantage of the fact that they're in a digital medium and they can do anything with with you know space and manipulate it like in a way that you can't like that's one thing that you probably can't do in a brick and mortar escape room as much is have this insane puzzle box that just keeps going further and further in and becoming more and more elaborate and oh you probably could it'd just be a different puzzle box if you're if you're tricky if you were what tricky uh, yeah i mean there's some escape rooms where you know things like walls move or ceilings move or things like that but one where you actually go inside and like the tardis yeah. it's larger on the inside yeah, probably not yeah. gonna have that work out without you know hallucinogenic drugs or something so yeah unless you're but, a tricky oh, i don't know you're right Speaking of puzzle boxes, there's one game out there, and I don't know if you've played any other kind of escape room that had that feeling of of a of a mysterious box that you unlock and you find more things. And it's like the Mad Pharaoh of Hourglass Escapes in Seattle. They had that, and I had that sense when when I was playing it. I don't know if you've played any escape rooms that are like that. Have you, Brett? Uh, I've played a couple where there were. Yeah, they're they're like boxes you get to open that are you know not just a sarcophagus or something, but like an actual box. One of my favorites didn't look very impressive, but the way it opened was magical because 
it was completely wireless. It actually made mm. me rethink my um, kind of anti-wireless stance on some things because, you know, in general, I'm, I worry as a designer, you know, a tech person that the wireless is not reliable enough. But this opened while you were just carrying it around. And so it was really magical. It was oh, just wow. this, this moment like, oh, it's open now. I was holding it. It wasn't anywhere. You know, it was just, just uh, really amazing. So I, I like that. Um, so... Yeah, I think there's there's always room for more puzzle boxes, though, in the in escape rooms. I would certainly support anybody <laughs> who wanted to do that. Or like, I, too bad. A lot of those are probably too too expensive to ship. I mean, I know that people create puzzle boxes, but they always seem to be handcrafted and difficult to works of art. Yeah, yeah. But it'd be fun to make an escape room take home beautiful box. Yeah, the one that is actually relatively affordable and available is the Clue Box. Mm-hmm. Um, that one I know we've talked about a little bit on the Slack. And that one, I think PuzzleMaster.ca um, can, uh, you know, ha- carries them or, or has them in stock periodically. That is sort of like a half hour-ish, half hour to 45 minutes. Um, it feels like an escape room in terms of a sequence of different types of puzzles, but all in a box that's, you know, you can hold in, in two hands, no problem. Um, it's oh, not nice. especially fancy. It's made of laser-cut material, but it's good enough. But there's a variety from mechanical puzzling to decoding to manipulating things to finding hidden things. It's really um, well-designed uh, well and has very good flow to it. Oh, so wow. I recommend, I recommend that. Nice. So I think we're getting close to the end. I don't know if you have... We, di- we haven't covered all the topics but almost. you know we got almost almost yeah the, yeah the other two are the online puzzle hunt which uh you know yes. people are probably familiar with um some of them like puzzled pint or things like that that are monthly mm-hmm. i think they just posted tonight the most recent set solely oh, online because oh, nice. nobody's nobody's meeting up in a pub right now yeah so uh you know you can do that puzzledpint.com i think is the website um there's other ones. There's the Galactic Puzzle Hunt. There's the MIT Mystery Hunt post their puzzles. So there's lots and lots of those that you can go and, and find, and um, they're generally free. Uh, yeah, so you get years of puzzling in, in, <laughs> in the ones that are online. Dash, I think playdash.org has some up there. Um, and then there's puzzle books, and we already talked about some of those puzzle books. So mm-hmm. yeah, there we go. We covered everything. We covered everything. Woo! Well, it's it's it is interesting because all of these new new uh, types are coming out, and they're as I said, they're they're actually f- it'll be fun to see where they go with that because because you can do so much, you can do so much, but at the same time, I, I also know that it takes an awful lot of work to do anything like that. Uh, do you have any? I don't know. Maybe you're not allowed to say, but I don't know if you're planning on creating any. any you have any in the works for your that you're trying to make? Nah, can't even speak. Uh, no, I, I'm not uh, working on any right now. I'm I've got some ideas for things that would be fun to do, um, but I have a, a full time day job that is yeah. you know still I still have luckily, so I'm not going to complain about that. But um, that means I don't have a lot of time to to pour into one of these things. And uh, but if anybody is interested, I'm certainly happy to either test or you know give feedback or whatever i think also there could be lots of fun things to do with that online um i know i've discussed with with a couple people where you actually do something on a website on your computer and it 
actually triggers an unlock in the room the person is in or something in the room so you can see it happen when you do it immediately, that would be really cool to have that connection between the remote video feed and me doing something that would make it feel much more like I'm part of it rather than just telling mm -hmm. the guy at the other end what to do. So I think there's a lot of neat ideas that, that aren't super difficult to implement technically, but um, you know, making any kind of escape room or making any kind of good puzzle set for that matter is hard. And takes a lot of work. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. No, I, I agree. I think it would be really cool getting back to, as you said, the digital part. Like, if you have five different kind of terminals that five players could work on and they can do different things that affect the room, then maybe you'd be able to do the parallelism that you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, you could enable a camera and then you solve a puzzle and now you get a view of a camera of, you know, there's a little... Uh, racetrack with cars on it or something running around mm. and now you can poke things to you know reroute the car at the right time and that sort of thing i mean it's tricky to do any kind of timing dependent or latency dependent puzzle but you could work out something where you know you turn on a stoplight and then the car stops and now it doesn't get hit by the train or something and that that solves the puzzle so there's definitely ways you could do that that i still i guess what i'm looking for is physical interactions because i can have digital interactions no problem and you know phenomenal video games people write in unity or something that that you know, you could, you know, that, that people spent a million dollars developing, it's going to be tough to equal that. But mm -hmm. if you make a game where I'm controlling something remotely and it really feels like I'm controlling it, that could be a different experience. I know. Sometimes they make us do that in escape rooms anyway. Here's this joystick. Now, you know, manipulate that car. Oh, no. <laughs> Right. Or they like to split us up. So, you know, they could do that now. We have five different people. You can't talk to each other yet because you have to solve your own puzzle. Split right. room, online escape room. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and there's definitely room for more immersive stuff as well. I've, that's another thing I've been doing is a lot of companies that do immersive theater have been doing online immersive things. or something I'm involved uh, with or playing, I guess you'd say, called Quarantine where hmm. uh, we have like a Slack and we're pretending we're working on a, a company that's got this RFID technology and there's just a leak of some of our secrets and we're being made to look bad and we have like weekly Zoom meetings where we're interacting and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff you can do online that just kind of feels like the real world right now uh, because that's what <laughs> what we're reduced to. So um, And there's phone-based stuff. Um, you, you played the Under the Bed one, right? the um phone-based uh story I, I did yeah i i did another one because the the ghost one wasn't available unfortunately but mm -hmm. uh i really i really enjoyed it um you know that it was it was very much like a theater production there'd be a monologue with maybe intercut with them actually um interacting with me and it was very intimate because you're the only person, like it's a one person audience, basically, and it's just you and whatever actors on the other end. And, uh, and they're really good with um, going along with whatever you say and, uh, and, and adapting it into their performance. So I really, I really did enjoy it. Um, it was definitely more of a theater performance than a, like a game for per se. But yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it was fun because of exactly what we just said. They they went along with it. You didn't feel... I did a couple of them, and at the beginning, I was like, um, how much can I push things? And after a while, I was like, oh, I'm pretty comfortable. And it's like, oh, they're just <laughs> going with whatever. It really it really worked well, and the stories were well-written, and yeah, it, it was good. There's um, one that I just 
did uh, like in the past week uh, called the Ministry of Mundane Mysteries, which was um, based in Canada. I'm not sure exactly where. And it was a, like a nightly call for 10 minutes. And I, I uh, had to provide them with a mystery I wanted them to investigate. And then I got the calls over the course of the week um, that oh. were helping to progress the uh, investigation. Um, oh, that's fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds really fun. Yeah, yeah. It was it was fun. It was good sort of like improv storytelling on their part. And between each call, they had time to like sort of make up a little bit more of the story based on the interaction we just had because it was spread out. So that gave them, you know, time to develop it a little bit more deeply than they would have. if It was just like, you know, an hour long experience in one shot. Having it spread out over a week gave them some advantages in that way. I might, I might try that one out. That one sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, this is yeah, going to be difficult for you to edit, man, pants, because you're going to have to write down all these cool things. I know, I know. Right, so I that we can put the them list. in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I bought myself some time, so. I was oh, you like, did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just, I, I was like, oh, I don't have my phone, so I ran downstairs to get my phone just to text. Like, I'll be like, uh, I have until eight fifteen. Well, you can talk about tabletop games you're playing or what remote stuff you're playing. Oh, um, what am I playing? I I'm looking for something to play remotely. I want another like Tales of Ward type experience, but uh, I don't Emerald know. Emerald Flame not quite ready yet. I don't. Emerald think. Flame. I don't think the Kickstarter's even ready. I don't yet. think it started yet. Yeah, no. yeah I'm, no. I'm looking forward to that. The Tales yeah. of Ward is is neat and um and you know much more puzzly than most of them. And uh, Emerald Flame, the artwork for it looks so gorgeous. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, tabletop wise, um, like I've been playing with my friends. We've done the Escape This podcast thing. We did the, uh, yeah, no, I don't think I've been, I've been looking for experiences, that's for sure. And oh, one, one uh, other one I didn't mention the Palace Sphere, the one that, um, Palace Games in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. That's that's an online puzzle hunt uh, where um, I played it with some friends over Hangouts over the weekend. But you can play it um, completely by yourself online. And it's like a linked series of rooms with puzzles that you solve to get to each room. And uh, the difficulty level is you know, low to moderate. Uh, it involves outside knowledge, so it's very puzzle hunty in that regard. Mm-hmm. You have to go and do research and everything. But I'd recommend that one. That was fun. Yeah. I am getting ideas. Like I'm, I'm tempted to create something. I'll admit, but the the logistics of it and stuff are are daunting. But it's just, it's fun. It's fun to see what people can come up with for remote experiences. I'd like to play create something too, but then I just play video games. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're playing my time at Porsche right now, and I'm playing The Witcher Three, and both of those are eating up most of my gaming time right now. <laughs> Yeah, I actually managed to finish a game the other day, uh, Christopia, which is a um, puzzle game uh, on the PC. You can go around and, and explore. The puzzles are pretty easy, um, but you have to go and find objects and manipulate them, and there's a story that unwinds over it and everything. So that was relatively inexpensive and only had a you know hour or two of total playtime, which was fine. It meant I actually got to finish a game for once. <laughs> yeah, I've been buying a lot of games. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I, I I think the room VR is the next one I'm going to finish. I'm a couple hours into that, and that uh, still definitely holding my interest. Ooh, uh, 
Well, thank you, Brett, for joining us today and discussing all the fun things that are going on out there right now. Despite the despite the circumstances, we're still able to get our escape fix, so that's awesome. Uh, and you know, once once we have the link, we will link to the actual list that you have, the master list of all the lists. Um, and yeah, I guess I think I guess we'll. We'll definitely see. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say, if if you, as a listener, if you are in the Slack channel or if you join our Slack channel at thecodex.ca, we do have a play at home channel there. And that's where a lot of the people go to post where beta tests are, what new things have come up. Someone might post reviews of what they've just done. So it's a good resource as well to see things as uh, up and coming. Cool. Thank Thanks. you, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Thank you. That was fun. Cool. Room Escape Divas is brought to you by Inverse Genius. You can go to inversegenius.com to find other fun podcasts just like this one. You can also... I don't know what he's doing. You can also email us at roomescapedivas at gmail.com. <laughs> I think he's just playing with my paranoia. That's all. <laughs> he goes under the table with his phone and I'm like, Why? But I think he's just playing his game. Anyway, uh, if you go to Facebook, you can click the like button on the Room Escape Divas Facebook page. And if you are using Twitter, you can use the hashtag REDivas. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.